Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face, unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. Today is the third and last episode from a series recorded at a dad's group session. In this episode, the dads are talking about how they deal with their children's tempers. I'm trying to curb her, like, I I don't know how to do it. I think I created a monster. She knows that she can get away with a lot more now, Mm -hmm. you know? So now it's just like reeling it back now. So what does brother, what weapon does he have against her in the sense of when he's frustrated, how can he tell her, I'm mad at you? Before he cries. Um, he'll talk very loudly, right below screaming. Okay. You know, and... and is, that, is, that, is that allowed? Is that allowed? Huh? Is it, can he do that? It's okay? No, because I don't want... See, do you see what, what you said you... in the beginning of this, this recording was sure. like, they have to learn how to deal with it to prepare for life. I don't want her to grow up in a world where it's okay for a guy to scream at a girl. You know? I hear you. And But if I'm living in the pre- present right now, it's going to happen. And she has to learn how to deal with it. Well, that's In the future, I'm hoping it's going to be different. Yeah. So you don't know which world to pr- prepare them for. Exactly. You, know? you, you have an ideal way that you want your daughter to be respected. Right. To have to know limits and boundaries about men and boys and whoever is around her. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't touch me. Don't go near me. Don't yell at me. Those are really great values to instill in any child. What I'm asking is about your son, is that he is learning, okay, I can't yell at my sister. I can't touch my sister. Yeah. So what can I do to express my feelings? Because every time I try to express my feelings, I get shut down by the adults in my world. Uh, I don't think he he gets shut down. He comes in and talks to us. That's well, the part where I don't yelling, know. Though, if he's yelling and you tell him not to, you're shutting him down. So what? Oh. What does he? What option does he have? He just comes over and talks to us, which I don't think is health healthy. It's not because right? what, yeah, because that sister isn't. What has she learned? She's learned she knows how to make so brother what, cry. So let, let's yeah. look at her later in life. If we want right, to look at later yeah. in life, what is she learning about? How to control boys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I actually don't have no idea. Um, do you understand? But yeah. Once again, I want this to practice here and now. I want him to have some way to say to her, stop it. I don't like it. Don't do not do that, right? And if he needs to yell a little bit right now, I, then, you would okay. much rather that than okay. hitting. Okay. Yeah. You got to give him something. Okay. You got to give him something. I was hoping you have a third option here. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know. the third option is for him to logically sit down and say, now, sister. <laughs> or six-year-olds are capable of that. That's right. Yeah, right. I mean, that's not. So yeah. he has to have some response. And he is really restraining himself. He could easily just take her down. Oh, yeah. He's he's like sometimes he's shaking in frustration yeah. where he's like, he wants to do something, but he yeah. knows he can. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. So I want to give him that outlet. I so just didn't what, think he was screaming. Yeah, so you can't give him some outlets. You could say, when you feel that way, you feel so frustrated, your sister's not listening, you can go over and you can stomp on the ground or you could jump, you can you know, hit a ball, whatever. He's, he needs to find something to do. Okay. You know, go to the, the cushions and just yeah. okay. do something. Release. Yeah. Think about it. And then come back to your sister and say how you feel. Mm. The ideal would be, Walk away, right? That's mm-hmm. what we want. Walk away, think about it, and come back. Yeah. It, to be honest, I I have a bad temper. Well, 
I had a bad temper, mm-hmm. I think. I've been working on it big time. Okay. Uh, you know, when things happen, you can feel your eyeballs just boil over. <laughs> you know that feeling? Yeah, it's yeah, just like, yeah. I get that feeling. Yeah. And <laughs> Gus knows it well. He's, yeah. he's admitting to it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing where um, I feel like he has it in his blood. <laughs> you know, well, is, to be like that. I just it, it, never it, want him to be like that. Yeah. So uh, that's why it's hard. It's like no hitting. I don't want him to have a bad temper too. So it's been it's been like well, difficult he, to he figure out. Yeah. So when you think about how your temperament, how you learned to manage big feelings, what were you allowed to do? Go to therapy. That's a viable option. Yeah, right. So, I so can't say so you know? From age two on, you were in therapy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't realize like how bad my temper was until like ten years ago. So okay. I, I, then I just realized like you know. Um, it's not were, were you allowed as a child to yell and scream or, or, or to express how you felt about something? Did you have an opinion? I don't yeah. like that. Leave me alone. Yeah, I was the oldest, so yeah, I could. Were you allowed to hit? I did hit. So, and that's. Uh, Hitting, hitting yeah. is not horrible. It's not horrible. Yeah. It's the blood that goes with it sometimes. Yeah. Pushing, you know, but once again, that's where children start learning limitations of others. Yeah. You know, because well, I'm, I'm number eight in my family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I have four brothers, three sisters. You can pretty much mm-hmm. predict my life. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've mentioned it a couple of times, and I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been restricting my, myself from saying anything. All right, go for it, guys. I mean, go for the, it. The, the whole kidding thing, it's been driving me crazy at home um, because my son, he's two and a half. And that's his go-to move. Mm-hmm. When he gets frustrated, he starts swinging for the fences. He yeah. Yeah. he just looks to hit. It's uh, and does he do it at home and at school, or just at home? He's not in school yet, so it's okay. only at home. Okay, but yeah. that's been his thing, and it it drives me absolutely nuts because that's the last thing that I want him to do. I I don't want him to learn how to hit people. As an outlet for his frustration, I, I don't want it either. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, it's not my believe me. It's not my go-to either. But if he hits his sister and he sees his sister cry, I have walked in many situations where I've had to stop a child. I'm not going to let you hit your sister. I'm going to hold your hand. Right? If it, if they're nailing, but if it's just one whack, right? What is what what is he learning from that? I just hit my sister. She's crying. From what I've noticed, he doesn't seem to care. He just does it. And she starts crying, and he's like, "Okay, whatever. I'm just, I got what I wanted. You know, I'm yeah. gonna go yeah. off and life is balanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's crying. I got my whatever, my toy, and you know, yeah, the, yeah. She, yeah. Know, okay. she comes so, to us and says, "Oh, Josh hit us, and so on and so forth." And it just it puts me in a situation where I, I'm I'm trying to protect my daughter, and I'm at the same time I'm trying to teach my son that that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. We try to tell him other things that he can do. You can stomp, you can do this, you can do that, but it's like yeah. his move is hit or scream. And th- those are the two things that he does. Mm-hmm. And it drives us crazy. So if the two and a half year old's walking up and hitting, then if you're in the other room, once again, if you're in the other room, you didn't see it. This is what I'm talking about, the other room versus being there. If you're in the other room and you did not see it, you did not come in and start refereeing it. You don't know what went on. Okay. But if you're in that room with that two and a half year old, you can if you see it, the arm coming up or the the nails or the teeth coming out. Right. The teeth are the big one too. Right. They start coming out. You can step and say, uh, 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 I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop your hand from hitting. We do not hit. You could be mad. 
You can be frustrated, but we do not hit. Okay. You can say those words. Okay. But we're usually not in that room when it goes down. And that's what I'm talking about. Walking in a room and start refereeing is very different than if you are there. You can definitely give some guidance, but it's when we're not in that space. Okay. Not putting that referee shirt on. And that they come running to you and say, he just hit me, but he just bit me. And if there is a bite mark or if there is a hit and there is a mark, I realize that, you know what? Your brother needs to kind of, let's go get some ice and take care of that. Let's go take care of your brother or sister. Let's go take care of that issue. Okay. But um, just be aware, are we there or are we not? Refereeing versus not. If they just understand those differences. Yes, the two-year-old is going to hit when you're not there. But you do not know what provoked it. So when we walk in and say, oh, my gosh, you hit your brain. And then you start, you always defer to the younger one, right? Because you're protecting the younger one. But sometimes that younger one can provoke right. a lot. Right. Uh, most of the time, it's it's my daughter who, who does something. Like, my son will be playing with something. And she'll come, come up and... She sees him playing with it, and it's, yeah. oh, I want that toy also. So she yeah. takes it away. He gets frustrated, and up goes the hand. <laughs> he just starts flying. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of And you see that goes. going down. I see it going down, okay. but, you know, I, so, I know for a fact it's happening out of my sight as well. You do. But so, I don't see it, of course. Exactly. So yeah. if you are there, once again, if you are there, then you, you step in and say, ah, 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 wait a minute here. Your brother was just playing with that. Don't walk in and just take it. Right. And then you can give her the countdown. I'm going to count to three. Give it to him. Or, you know, you can ask her first, can you give it back to your brother? And she looks at you like, what are you talking about? I'm going to count to three. You have a choice of giving it to your brother or I'll give it to him and count to three. Can you give me some suggestions or some, some tips as to how to control my emotions in a situation like that? Yes. I yes. could logically think about it and say, okay, that's something that I could handle. But I see it happening, and then and my emotions react. go right we through react. the Yeah, exactly. I overreact. Yeah. So parents, as much as our children, if we want our children to learn how to pause and not react, temperament, temperament, you know, all these things, all these pieces, we have to model it. So when we see it go down, what I tell all parents, if you are a quick reactor to things, you have to just stop yourself. You need to count in your head to three, five, whatever it takes, ten, I don't know. But three usually works. Take some deep breaths with that. If you need to turn around and look the other direction, look the other direction. Take your deep breaths. Turn back around and say, all right, let's figure this out. Versus just jumping in and saying, all right, now what's going on? Let's figure this out. Keywords, but breathing, 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 and counting are huge. If you can train yourself, because that modeling of that behavior, imagine your children see you do that. What are they going to learn? Mm. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to stop, not jump right in, not attack right away, pause, mm -hmm. right? That's that moment that they will learn to do that by watching. It's the same thing with eating, same with everything. They're watching how you do things. So if you are quick to flare, they are quick to flare. I always say, if you hit your child, your child has every right to hit you or their sibling. Yeah, if you yell at your child, your child has every right to yell at you or their sibling. Because that's what they've learned. And it's funny you mention that because my wife and I, we, we always said we're not going to spank our kids. We, we said that for the longest time and then my son started, started out with the hitting. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't us. We didn't introduce it. And... He would hit my daughter, and my daughter would cry. So 
I wanted to show him how it felt. <laughs> so he'd hit and I'd hit his hand yeah. and he'd start crying. I go, you know, you see how that hurts? You're hurting yeah. her. Yeah. And then in, like within a couple of days of me doing that, he's hitting her hand. That's right. Mm. That's right. And when I saw that, it immediately clicked in my head, I can't do that anymore. Because exactly, he's, he's doing it, he's modeling the exact same thing that I'm doing to yeah. him. It's exactly right. And in so many things, from using our phones in front of them, they're watching everything. It's scary how much they know, how much they see us. So if you want them to learn how to calm and make a rational decision as much as possible, you've got to do that. So the counting to three really is a very effective. I, I call it the pause button. Push the pause button. We all know the pause button. Push it. Push it and pause. Count to three and say, we need to figure this out. So hi, my name is Jay. Um, I have two little boys, um, one that's six and the other is three. And, I mean, with the sibling rivalry, going back to that. Seems to be the theme tonight. Yeah, I mean, they argue, they fight. I get it. I, you know, I leave them alone. Now that, you know, after I've, I've heard it, you know, from my wife that, you know, don't, don't, do, don't get involved with whatever they're doing. Just don't deal with it. When I tell them that, the little one goes, like, he goes crazy. Like, he just starts throwing stuff everywhere. So let's go back to when he starts throwing stuff. And you're mm -hmm. there when he right. starts throwing stuff. It's the same idea if, if a hand or teeth are coming out. If you're there and you do see it, you can stop the behavior. Mm-hmm. You can stop it. You can say, if he starts throwing stuff, you mm. go to his hands and you hold his hands and say, no, we're not going to throw. Okay. You can be mad. Right? Use the language. You can be mad. You can be frustrated. We're not throwing. Now stop. That is enough. you got to get that growl. Do you have that good growl? That That's enough. <laughs> Cut it out. We're not going to throw stuff around the house. And if he starts doing it again, you stop his hands again. That is enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you're going to pause. That pause right now is really important right there. If you jump right into, let's clean this up mm -hmm. right away, what are you going to get? He's going to be frustrated or mad, right? Right. Still. Because you know why? He Children process so much slower than we think they do. They, they take time. They process. They think. We go so fast into the next thing. Give them a chance to make the right decision, which is not throwing the toys. And when he doesn't throw the toys, you're going to say, that's great. You're not throwing toys. Pause again. And then you say, you know what? It's almost bath time. In 10 minutes, we're going to go to bath. Let's get this cleaned up so we can go to bath and not have to deal with this later. Let's get this done together. Right? Aiden, you get the cars. Ace, come over here with me. You get the trains. Let's do this, guys. Right? That's the language. Listening to the three dads in this episode really makes me want to emphasize an important piece I think we need to think about is how we can focus on guiding our children and teaching our children versus being a guard and being that dominant piece that's controlling them all the time and not letting them feel or experiment or try things in the sense of letting their feelings out. Yes, they may not be appropriate the way they scream and yell, but they're getting their feelings out and then then it's tapering back and teaching them, okay, so you know what? I see that you're really upset. I get it. You are frustrated and let's figure that out. What frustrates you? What's going on here that's really bothering you about what your sister's doing? Teaching and listening and guiding them to what 
they can do versus telling them not to feel and not to express really what's going on. Yes, there is inappropriate ways to express our emotions and there's the screaming and the yelling and the hitting and the biting. Our children will do those. They will experiment with them. They'll try them out. When we are there, guide them to what we want, stop the behavior, and then guide them to what is appropriate. When we're not there, we cannot just walk in a room and be a command and demand and and take over the situation and just focus on the behaviors that we're seeing and not really understanding what led up to those behaviors and helping our children by listening, hearing them, and then say, okay, guys, we got to figure this out. Let's work on this together. Did not like what I was hearing, and we have to work on this. That's calm. That's something you have to practice. It's something you have to really be conscious about when you are with your children. When children see behavior from us, they copy that. They try it out. We have to be really aware of how we handle ourselves. If we're struggling with that, then let's focus on what we can do to help ourselves. The one father was talking about his horrible temper that he had, and he got help for it and was able to start working through and figure out how to calm himself and understand himself so he can then work on his children and understand his children. The session ended with Edwin, who had a separate issue he wanted to ask about, which came up after a Boy Scout trip with his son. So your name again, and then... Okay. This is Edwin. <laughs> My older child, Jordan. We recently uh, went on a Cub Scout camping trip. I was really looking forward to it because, you know, I don't really get a lot of one-on-one time with him. So I was looking forward to it to be like a bonding experience. Sure. <laughs> But it didn't turn out the way I was expecting because as soon as he got there, he was playing with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and yes. whenever I'm kind of trying to participate in the same event, he's 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 acting like a, a teenager, going like, "Dad, you know, you're like you're not doing it right. You know, just go away." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's getting um, very emotional when when things don't turn out exactly the way he was looking that he wanted to. And, okay. And, and, okay. Yeah, and, and I uh, I guess I don't know. It's, a lot of it is me, then I, I don't know how to kind of deal with that, I guess. Sure, sure. So you were a parent chaperone for many, or was it a father-son type thing, or was it a... It was actually a, a whole weekend camping trip. Okay. Yeah, so so I was a father chaperone, but... So for, for many, for not just for your own child, though, you were chaperoning many children, or each child had a father there? Uh, yeah, there's, there are many fathers and many childs there. Yeah, okay, so. okay. Okay. Give me an example of what maybe one activity you were doing that he was not happy with. We were practicing the shooting arrows. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't holding the bolt exactly correctly and things were going everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. It's it's actually really hard. I tried it recently. It was tough. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was getting kind of to be kind of dangerous. So I was just trying to help. I was, you know, saying, oh, you should do this, you should do that. Okay. You know, then he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you were standing next to him, I'm assuming, while yes, he was correct. doing this. And he he was excited to do this activity, I'm sure. Right? Yes. Bow and arrows. I mean, you can't go too wrong with that. <laughs> um, and then there was directions from from someone else who taught them how to do this before? Or was there no direction and you just supposed to go there do was, it? Uh, yeah, there was a range officer. <laughs> yes. And the person. That, that, showed, that showed how to do it. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and then he was beginning to do it and he was mm-hmm. having a hard time. Correct. Okay. Did he see that he was having a hard time or did, did he think he was doing a pretty good 
good job. Initially, he couldn't see that, but then when the arrow started to fly everywhere or not flying at all, okay, okay, <laughs> or pointing in the wrong directions, I kind of had to butt in just because from a safety perspective. Okay, they're, they're so so when the arrow started us. going awry, yeah. uh, what did you say to him? Your general language. Why you don't you try this? You know, okay. Jordan. Why don't you try try this? Oh, maybe you should hold it right here instead. Or okay. you know, I was just trying to give advice. Okay. Yes, I, I can't. And he immediately long. said to you, "Dad, uh-huh. back yeah. off. Yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. I want right. to learn how. To, I want to do this by myself. Is what you're saying? Right. Okay. I really like to look at when a child says certain things. Really look at what they're trying to communicate. Clearly, was trying to say, "Dad, back off." But what I want to look at too is. How we approach him, you know, was he embarrassed? The other children might have been doing it and and you pointed out or you were loud or you just came and kind of, he might have been embarrassed. He might have been like, Dad, come on, leave me alone. I want to do this. Or, Jordan, hey, look, your arrows are going that way. I think they're supposed to go that way. <laughs> going that way a little bit. Embarrassment really is a big immediate factor where our children respond quickly and, and kind of shut us out because they're embarrassed and they, we've called them on something. Mm-hmm. So if it was a safety thing, you kind of present it that way as a safety thing mm-hmm. um, in this one scenario. And say, uh, 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 how do we get those arrows over there? I remember the, the guy, uh, the range master, right, uh-huh. saying how to get those arrows over there. Mm-hmm. And then let his brain think versus stepping in and giving him direction. Mm-hmm. So let's think, what did the range master say about getting the arrows to go to that direction? What do we need to do? And not just saying, hey, why don't you try this? Lovely suggestion. <laughs> but he was embarrassed and he wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. Um, so sometimes we jump too fast into solving it again. And we're not letting them solve. And they get. And as you notice, when he gets older, he does want to feel like he has some control, especially around his peers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to look like daddy's helping. Daddy's showing me how to do this. That's um, true. This... Sounds like it's a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. Cub Scouts, right? right a, you so know, this is all new. This is like the first trip, probably. Yeah, the first. And he first probably first didn't trip. understand what how this whole worked, and he's probably he's probably on the edge anyway, watching the other children and so many new things, and it was new to you, it was new to him. And so, I, and guess the dynamic of the older kids there as well, because he wants oh. to be part of the larger group. Oh yes. And then I. I I totally see the point. You of see about, it now. You yeah, see the being whole... about being embarrassed and things like that. Yeah. But I guess I'm expecting that not from a, a first grader, but, oh. <laughs> but but rather from like a teenager. Yeah. Well, this is um, as I say all the time. You know, uh, teenagers' behaviors are the same as children's behaviors. It's the same behaviors all the way through. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the same emotions. That our children practice these emotions all the way since they're born, all the way through. Mm-hmm. And as teenagers, it becomes heightened, and they become you know. But it's the same behaviors. They're just having to, to navigate them earlier and, and understand them. And yes, they do repeat themselves over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The behaviors are always there. They just keep on repeating. So, so I tell parents, if you didn't solve it when they were younger, you'll get another chance because it's going to come right back again. <laughs> so you'll get another chance to try it again. It's going to come back. Oh, it's going to come back again. Here it comes again. It's, that's the way it is. So you always get another chance to succeed, believe me. <laughs> it's just, yeah. A six-year-old is really dealing with ego. It's really, I mean, they are they are an ego mess. They are trying mm. to be independent. Mm. They're trying to to know about who, where they are, what you know, they're trying to separate from you. They're trying to, to be part of their peer group. Peer groups mm. is huge. Sure. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, a six-year-old and a 16-year-old, they're exactly the same. You know, a three and a 13-year-old is exactly the same. That's exactly the same. Same behaviors. Yeah, so he's right on where he should be. And how exciting. How exciting that he's he's intrigued with other people. 
Mm, right? He wasn't true. clinging behind you. He wasn't holding onto your leg. Which is a positive. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> right. he was, he was wanting to be part of the group. He was right. trying something new. So you didn't do anything wrong. You just have to look at the way you, the wording, I guess, is. Mm. And, and just maybe not step in right away. If it was a safety, yes, safety mm. issue. But it's how you can deal with a safety issue. And, uh, you know, the arrows need to go that way. <laughs> need to go that way. Let's be careful. Let's be aware of our friends. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of general language mm-hmm. versus honing in on him. Mm-hmm. General. And then you can then you can work on the, mm-hmm. the tweaking the little pieces that he needs to work on. Okay. Um, and then you can always use, use adults around you, too. What I end up doing was actually use other parents. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's so true. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, that's really, I mean, that's. Because he seems to be able to listen to their. That's right. Uh, you know, instructions more. So yeah. then I, I just swap kids. <laughs> yeah. But then that kind of defeats the purpose of, of going uh, well, on like a bonding trip. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, but this, yeah, you got to realize when, when, you're, when you're with peers, it's right. really not a bonding trip with your child. It's mm-hmm. a fun time to see your child and interact mm-hmm. in a different environment. It's like, I like to look at it like an animal in a zoo. You get to kind of see them in their natural habitat. <laughs> right? You got, you got to, and that's another thing with watching them from a distance in your own home mm-hmm. is watching and how they interact because you learn about them. So watching him interact with his peers, you're getting to know him. Yes, it's a lovely time, but it's not a really one-on-one experience. You're with a group. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make it a one-on-one, and it isn't. Mm-hmm. But when he's tired and hungry at night and you're cold in your tent, that's going to be really one-on-one right there. <laughs> and you're going to be tired. You're like, oh, no, I don't want a one-on-one now. I want to go to sleep. But, yeah, that's, that's the reality of, of uh, that. But how exciting. That's a Thank fun you. trip. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So we have a, a question from the Facebook group. How do I get my kid to accept that his friends aren't always going to want to play what he wants to and to accommodate other people's desires to change or add to their ideas? Yeah, so this is where you have to look at development. Development's going to really dictate how your child's going to manage this. So let's just say we have a, let's just say, let's start with three-year-old. A three-year-old in this position they're all about the, the narcissistic self. Everyone loves me. Everyone wants to do everything I do. And everyone wants to play everything, the way I like to play. That's that's how three-year-olds are. Four-year-olds, right? We start getting into that world of, hey, I kind of start listening to other people. I want to play near someone else. I'm really watching how other people are playing. And I kind of want to engage a little bit. I want to try out what they're playing. And But the four-year-old also has some really clear ideas of what they like and don't like and so what we do is we're not going to worry about so much when they're in the middle of it with their friends chaos is going to happen but what I need you to practice when you're not with their friends let's say you're having a one of those days at your home with your children and having a great day with your children. Oh, one of those days. One of those days. One you're, of those imaginary one, days. One of those wonderful imaginary <laughs> days where you're having a great day with your children and you're spending time with them this is the time this is why developmental psychologists will tell you play games with your children play board games, play different games, because what they're going to learn by playing board games is exactly this conflict. We don't always win. We don't always get what we want. Let's just take shoots and ladders. That's, oh boy, that's the game of games. Shoots and ladders. Yeah, you might go up the ladder 
up, 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 and then you might hit that slide and have to slide all the way back down. And there might be sadness. There might be crying. They might be really distressed about this game. We've seen a lot of game pieces flying around. Yes, <laughs> and that's why we do it, because we want to practice this, and we want them to get upset, and we want to acknowledge their sadness, and we want to say, you know what, it's hard. This is a hard game, because you were ahead, and now you're down here. Yeah, that's tough. This is the game. This is the way it plays, but we're going to keep on playing. If you want to watch us play, you can watch us play. If you want, if you want to help be part of it, you can come back in and join, but it's not be, oh, we'll just go to your room if you're going to throw the game pieces. No. This is where they're learning it. This is where they're going to learn how to manage the feelings when they are with their friends. So the more you can practice the games, taking turns, that's all the practicing pieces that we need. And we have to take time to do those things. Your children do not just learn these things by osmosis. They have to practice them. And there has to be conflict and there has to be screaming and there has to be yelling and there has to be games, pieces being thrown because that's how they learn to manage those big feelings because you're going to support them and help them with that. So you said during the sibling episode, like if something's happening in another room and they're mm-hmm. fighting, just let it go. What yeah. if it's not siblings, you're at a play date in this type of situation where your kid um, wants to do one thing, another kid wants to do another thing, and then they start screaming and yelling at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, stay out of it. Well, yeah. Stay out of it. Let's say the same thing, the same thing went on in the playground. You're not there. You're not there to monitor it. So you can let it scream, and, you know, they're most likely someone's going to start crying or someone's going to get upset, or, you know what? They'll just let it go. But if they, st- if you still hear it five, 10, 15 minutes, let's just say 15 minutes, they're still going at it and now someone's really crying. These are your friends. Your friends are over for a fun play date. Instead of walking in and saying, hey, what's going on here? It's like, oh, wow. There's a lot of crying going on. This seems like a lot of things are confused. Let's figure this out, guys. What can we do? Is there anything that we can do or I can do to help? Or do you want me just to back up? Ask the question. You'll be amazed sometimes. They'll say, just back off. Or they'll say, yeah, we can't figure it out. We cannot figure this out. She wants to do this. He wants to do that and we can't figure it out. Then you can say it as the adult. Say, okay, I can help you. Why don't we go get some water, sit down at the table, or it might be snack time. I don't know. Let's do something, and we can sit and talk about it. Or let's just take a break, go do something else, and maybe come back to it and try it again. That's what it's about. So one of the, one of the flip side questions that was a comment on the group was, um, what should I say to my kid? who is the one who doesn't want to play and is fine on their own. Yeah. Should she so, tell her kid to stop playing yeah. independently and compromise and find a game to play with everyone else? Or Yeah. So, you know, this happens. You have, to, you have to look at the scenario, too. Are we having people over, like your child invited friends over to the house? They wanted these friends over, and then they go off and say, I'm gonna, oh, no, I'm going to go play by myself. You know, that's, that's different than being at home with a sibling and saying, hey, I'm done. I, I, I want to go play by myself. So be, that's great. But if you've invited people over to your home and then your child, and you're with your child, and your child wanted these people over, and all of a sudden they decide they don't want to play with them anymore, that that's where you as the parent, you have to step in and say, okay, you're, we had our friends over here. We invited them over here. Let's find something we can all do together. And that's when you can pull out, this is where you pull out your magic bag of tricks, parents, where you pull out the Play-Doh. You pull out 
some activity. You pull the chalk out and go outside. You get water bottles and go, you do something. You need to have those bag of tricks available so you can say those joining activities that can join this group together. We can make a snack together. We can do this. You have to use those joining words. Let's go do this together. And if your daughter or son says, no, I want to go up, then you need to acknowledge and say, you know what? Our friends are here and they're only here for two more hours or another hour. Let's let's finish our time playing with them. I can see you might be getting tired and might need to do something different. Take the cues from the child. The child's trying to communicate something. Are they tired? Are they being controlling? Are they being you know, controlling in the sense that they are going to back out because they're not doing what they wanted, you know, that what they wanted to do. That's a real common one, right? They stomp off. I'm going to go play by myself. And they leave everyone sitting there. That's, that's a challenge as a parent. You need to really monitor that and not let that take over. Explain to your child that that's not, that's not acceptable behavior. Our friends are here. If you need a break, go lay down on the couch. Take a five minute break. And then you need to step up as the parent and play with those, those friends or let them just go play with the toys. But your child cannot just go off and be by themselves if you invited them over. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wang. The music you hear in our podcast is courtesy of Stephen Morell. Join the discussion. Search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook where you can discuss the latest episode, ask for advice, give advice, and posit the question, what would Mary Beth do? You can also reach us at parentingpodcast.com or on Twitter, where our handle is Podcast Parents, or Instagram, where our handle is Everyday Parenting Podcast. Be sure to check our website for more tips at everydayparentingpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. To make sure you catch our next episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you rate us on iTunes. It helps more people find us.